Hello and welcome to our podcast for College Catholics. I'm Father Patrick Wainwright, and today I have a guest that endured a life-threatening accident and by the grace of God is able to join us today. Kevin lives in New York. He is 31 years old and he graduated from college with a major in sports management and he loves running. Actually, he runs a half marathon every day and he also loves praying. He was a college student at East Stroudsburg State University in Pennsylvania when he suffered a life-changing accident on August 2011, and he was then 21 years old. So, hi Kevin, how are you doing? Thank you for joining me today, and I'm really happy to have you to share your story with our podcast listeners. Thank you, Father Pat. Uh, it's an honor. Uh, so it's great um, being able to share my stories, uh, you know, whenever called upon. You bet, you bet. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how was your life before your accident and whatever else, you know, then the accident, what happened and so forth. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I guess you say that everything before the uh, before my life, I, you know, I can say it was, you know, pretty normal. You know, I was an athlete and you know, I played sports, um, um, played soccer, lacrosse, you name it. I was playing every sport. Um, uh-huh. I was active, you know, I was, you know, active like in the church world, not, you know, even like today now, but, um, you know, it was like, going to church on you know weekly base every sunday you know it wasn't Good. a tip, you know uh, wasn't a creaster as i like to call them where they only show up to the two important holidays of the year a ceo like a, you know the ceo they call them ceo christian and easter only <laughs> yep exactly yeah so um what well, attending church uh you know i definitely had to attest that to my parents you know when i was growing up like as a little uh-huh. kid you know going to church every sunday even if i didn't want to they they you know they made sure that we were going to church with them every single Sunday. So perfect. Up, you know, leading up to the injury, you know, I, I may, you know, I was definitely active in church, uh, but um, I wouldn't say I was at like going every single weekend at, before the injury. I was still part of the church world. I just wasn't as active as I would usually be up until uh, April of that year of twenty before my injury. My um, right around like my my twenty first birthday of that year, my grandma right. was uh diagnosed with uh stage four lung cancer. Oh no. And um I got, you know, I was just, I was very unhappy for you know, unhappy about the diagnosis, knowing that eventually you know, that was the an end game. And uh as you said my relationship with God became re reopened. And um, I had right. a lot of questions for him and asking him, you know, if you're you know, this almighty man and stuff like that why are you taking something that's really important to me and so right. it was um but i was always active in church um so it's it it always led up to a good this um this major moment perfect and so why don't you tell us what was the accident you were a, a, a senior in high school in college uh, or more or less and what was the uh, accident about yep i was going to be uh, a junior in college ah, okay okay junior, junior in i was college. my junior um this would have been so i transferred so i went to the I went to East Stroudsburg. I transferred to East Stroudsburg, attended there one year, played lacrosse there. And the following summer, that's when I moved into a house, off-campus house, with uh, two of my teammates. Okay, and, awesome. Um, and the injury for us, and so it was August 26th is when I got hurt, August 25th, one of those numbers. I had, it's, um, no problem. But, but um, I got hurt at nighttime. Uh, I fell off the roof of my college house. Oh, um, my goodness. 15, 15 feet high. Wow. Yeah. And um, a lot of, you know, a lot of, um, you say divine things happen after the injury. Uh, now, now you were, important. when you, when you fell from, from the roof, you were knocked out. Who found you? How, how, yeah. how, how did that happen? Uh, you know, um, 
Well, we had a uh, friends, you know, gathering, um, teammates, and um, some uh, friends that we were friends with, like from college and stuff. And I'm not sure when I fell. We don't know. Right. Like, we know that I went up to bed. Um, but luckily, we, my uh, friend Brian Bublitz must have been he. He decided he was leaving our house, and he must have left within like 30 minutes after, like I fell through. So like, when he walked out the door is when he saw me. On the you know on the front yard lifeless not, oh my you know, goodness not 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 there and uh, when he walked over to me he uh, noticed that there you know there was some blood no lie um, so like my front yards and like the front yard of my couch house is kind of interesting like, we didn't really have like a very long front yard so it was like a front yard maybe like maybe ten feet fifteen maybe ten uh-huh. feet of grass fifteen feet of grass and then we had like this um cement like wall thingy at the end of the like the uh, yard. And I, yes. I'm, a, I'm guessing that I must have, like, when I fell, hit the back of my head on that. Ouch. So, um, and, so that was, an, uh, was a very frightening thing for my, um, my friend and all my friends would come outside and be like, what, you know, you know what do we do? Uh, you know, like, what to do? Um, luckily, there's a couple of things that's pretty important with, like, the fall itself. I'm nothing good about falling, but, like, when I, I guess um, when the, everybody just came outside, there was, nobody moved me. Which is pretty like mir- like miraculous, right. you know. A bunch of college kids, you would think that they would like move your body and, and stuff like that. Right. And also, I guess I chose a good spot to get hurt because there's a there's a hospital where I got hurt. There's a the hospital like in Pocono Medical Center is maybe like a mile away from my house. So uh-huh. um, so when they called nine one one, you know, the hospital was able, you know, the ambulance and stuff like that was able to get there as like as soon as possible. It wasn't right. like a, a long travel. So um. Right, right from the get-go, that those are two really important things. A, whenever you know my friend leaving at the right time, two, my friends not um, moving me around because that could have really been really serious. If maybe they did something that could have really uh, ended things for me. Absolutely. So, and then they took when they took you to the hospital. What was the diagnosis? What did they tell your parents and yeah. family and so forth? Um, well, the diagnosis was not good. Um, they told my uh, dad. Uh, that at that point, the, the I had fractured my school in five places. Oh, five and, um, places. Five places, and um, I had basically severely injured each. You know, my whole brain. My brain was uh, was not. You know, was very badly hurt, severely. Like it did. And did I hear? I heard something. I'm not sure. That's why I. You can corroborate, yeah. but something that your brain had shifted about an inch or something. Yeah, in, in that your was skull. Some, yeah, that was actually something we uh, learned about when um, later on in like the whole process. We it's a, a lot of the, a lot of the things that I learned about my injury. Like <laughs> it's a pretty it's pretty like wild to think about. But um, from what from the get go, all my parents knew was fracture my skull, uh, severely traumatized each little of my brain. Uh, the doctor, the hospital that I was currently at, Pocono Medical Center, just didn't have like a trauma unit that was. Um, could support my type of injury so they had to transport me to a hospital about an hour away known as lehigh valley hospital probably one of the cool one of the coolest hospitals i've ever been to not a good thing to say but like after right. and after the fact but it's like a city hospital but like like a major hospital and but the doctor when i was leaving pocono medical center told my dad that we're not you know he, we're, we hope he makes it to the next hospital that wow. was um, a key thing like they weren't they, you know, they weren't 100% confident that I may or may not make it to the next hospital. And um, wow. I, 
and not because like you that. had also injured other parts of your body your neck your your bones no, your spine nothing believe it, not, believe it or not the only um injury that i sustained was just my head like no, wow. no broke nothing nothing just uh Wow. The, my head took a beat. But it was beating. clearly a life-threatening injury, yeah. and it was they. The, even the doctors weren't sure that you would make it to the next top hospital. Yeah, I was probably already. I was, I was in a vegetative state right when I hit the ground from the roof. Wow! So I was uh, the guarantees of um, me even talking to you today, like making any sort of recovery right now is like be you know this is just, you know be, you know divine you know this is like God's right. work right here. One in a um, million probabilities yeah. yep but probably like around like a zero point you know zero zero just make a full recovery that's right. what we're looking at but so and sorry. then what happened why don't you tell me what your your family did what yeah. you know all, all the process and so, how well you you know the rest yeah. so yeah so um so i get to the hospital i make it to the you know make it to the next hospital i'm there um i get stabilized and at the next hospital um parents you know they get to the next hospital brothers you know everybody in, you know my family gets there all my friends the next day my parents run when they get to the hospital my dad's one of 12 so wow. one of 12 so next thing you know my dad and my mom get on the phone telling the whole you know family um I would, i'm probably within like two or three days you know the whole whole becker clan is uh as i like to call it's a big you know my dad's one of 12 bunch of cousins over about 50 cousins wow all you know come to the scene and uh Basically, from day one, the family was in prayer. You know, that's they. I, I'm very lucky. Like my parents are very strong in their faith, and just like the rest of the uh, Becker family, very strong in their faith. So, um, a lot there's a lot of prayer going on. Just, you know, rosaries from day one. So that you know, I had that for me. But the family got rolled in. I should say very quickly uh, from all over the country. Which, you know, um, I have family. At that time, at my at a cousin that lived in California, she eventually mm. made it in. Um, family in Ohio, New Jersey, Georgia, you name it, they were all on their way to, uh, you know, be there for support of my parents, and then you know, obviously for me. Wonderful. And one of them knew something about Pierre Giorgio, right? Was it an yes, aunt? My, yeah, my cousin Beth. Um, she she's a nurse, so she knew uh -huh. like um. So when she on. She had a relationship with Giorgio. Uh, she learned of Giorgio Versati at a, believe it or not, a church in um, Colorado. She heard like a homily about Giorgio Versati in uh, Colorado. I heard the name of the church, but um, that's when she learned of him. And, you know, I, I, she shout out to to your cousin Beth. Yeah, good for her. And so she started the relationship. And um, event, you know, about I would say until like the fifth day is like you know they st she started her novena to Giorgio but on like the fifth day she she got a notification of like what was going on with my injury and um uh -huh. the fifth day um see fifth day I was running a fever um a part of my like uh, my body was just basically shutting down like everything oh on day five was uh, shutting down now I was already in a coma and the doctors basically were suggesting to my dad on that day that they um put me into like a medicated coma which is not good. That would have been like um, the the end of all, probably the end for me, uh, because that just means that like they, they they're you know like wouldn't say they were running out of options or anything like that, but this for them it seemed like the right move. And on the fifth day, she you know should be in the novena, and on the fifth day she was like, all right, well then we got you know really step up the game, and uh, she she mailed a picture, she printed out a picture of Georgia Rosati, 
And like next, you know, overnight of that, overnight sent that photo over to my, to the hospital and just put it right next to my, my bed. So it was like, it, I had a picture of George of Saudi and I also had a statue of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So it was like, we Wonderful. had a team up going on right there. But, uh, <laughs> so, and as soon as the, believe it or not, as soon as that photo showed up, like got put, you know, next to my head on the, about two, two, three days late on the eighth day, photos next to me, I start, you know, I start showing life. Um, eighth day of, while I was in the, ho- the hospital, I, you know, my eyes opened up for the first time. Wow. So, so, so by the way, they did not put you finally on the medicated coma. They, no, nope, nope. they, they decided, decided to, to go against it. Gamble. Okay. Yep. God, um, God willed them into, uh, trying some, they tried this a little bit. They tweaked a little bit of my treatment about like what they were doing. So what they were, like she said, what they were doing while I was in the coma, they, they would do like a shock, like shocking me. They were shocking to see like where I was and they would, they would do it to see if my brain would respond or like I would flinch or something. And then that was like kind of what to do. And instead of like doing it like X amount of times, like per hour or like uh, every other hour or something like that, they just lengthened it, the, the little delay time between each time they would do that. And it kind of gave my, you know, gave, I used to say it gave me the chance to like kind of recover, you know, respond. Right, um, right. But I'm also, I'm just also a fighter. You know, my parents are always just telling them, like telling the doctors in the hospital, like, you know, we're talking, you're talking to your guy that played through a full cross season on a, on a broken foot. You're talking to a guy wow. that plays, plays sports on, you know, sprained ankles. We've never seen, you know, like, you know, that's always tell my parents, like, this is a, you know, this is different. This is not a sprained ankle. Mrs. Becker, Mr. Becker. This is, this is, you know, this is real. You know, my mom, my mom would always say, my God is always higher. You know, I can always climb higher than your mountain. Like that was her right. mindset. She was, I knew I'm, she knew she, like we were going to get through this. And, um, so it was, it was an interesting experience for them, but, uh, eyes open up on the eighth day, um, on the wow. ninth day, on the ninth day, uh, I'm giving a thumbs, you know, when you're in a coma, one the thing you have to do to like be announced out of a coma is uh, you have to give them like a thumbs up. So mm-hmm. you have to show that you can respond to them. So say, Hey, Kevin, can you give us a thumbs up? And you know, from day eight to day nine, I guess there's multiple times when I was, my parent, my dad would say that there was times where I just would not do it. You know, they would say, give us a thumbs up. And I kind of just like shake my head. I guess I've been, <laughs> I, fold, I folded. I guess you'd say I fold. I was like, uh-huh. oh, I'm just, I'll, so um, I give a thumbs up on the ninth day, um, tenth day. I'm asking for my mom. Um, so I'm, so I'm speaking, trying to speak a little bit. I couldn't, you know, I was still getting, you know, getting everything, you know. Wow. Couldn't really speak, but um, I don't remember any of this. This is just like this is the hearsay I got. But you, uh, but you were able to mumble some words at least. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Um, the, the funny joke is, I think, in the YouTube video of like the story. Um, my one, my one aunt, who I love dearly, but I, we have a great relationship. But um, I, you know, I go to her, you know, and so you still, you still a loser, right? You're still like yeah. I always call a loser and stuff like that. I'm like, hey, you're still a loser. Sure, that's when I knew my sure. That's when I kind of knew that Kevin was uh was bad. But like little wow. mumbling little things. Uh, my my first memory in the hospital, which is which is something that when you tell doctors about my injuries and the fact that I have like any form of memory in the hospital is like beyond them because it right. shows to the healing um i saw a robot so the the hospitals that had those cleaning roombas and stuff like that so i saw a roomba like like when those clean robots come into my room that's like the first memory i have in the hospital wow. um that's probably had probably be like maybe my the 12th day uh something like that but um 
that on like the 13th, 14th day, I was sorry, started walking again on like the 13th, 14th day. That um, is totally incredible. Yeah. And then I was uh, moved out of ICU into like this another care unit, but like a less like, you know, not intense. Not as intense. And at that point, I was talking a lot, like I said, you know, having conversations with people, having, you know, as good as conversations you can have, like, but for the injuries that I sustained, having a conversation, like any form of conversation, like, was like, yet again, it's like, a, you know, not unseen, uh, basically walking around the hospital, pretty much unhelped, not really, not really needing help to walk around the hospital uh, floor and stuff like that. Um, able to, I was taking a shower for, you know, like the 16th, 17th day. And what was uh in, was very interesting is like as I'm getting you know we're the hospital was trying to get me into inpatient therapy um right I right. at that point so I couldn't pass this, like this a swallow test and that was kind of like the thing and and the day that they were hoping I could take it so it would be able to get us into the inpatient therapy because there's one doctor that's new right away um this Dr. Dubob so right away that I was healing at a rapid pace and he wanted to get me into inpatient therapy as like quickly as like as soon as i woke up i think he wanted to get me into inpatient therapy like he was like we gotta we gotta get this guy out of here because he's healing much quickly than like we've ever seen before and um by the time i passed the swallow test i was you know was able to shower i was able to pass a physical test you know like a little obstacle course thing um it's too late you know i, I was i was over you know the, the only thing i wasn't 100 you know obviously there's physical things that i had to like rebuild but i was i could treat you know i could you know do my own thing um, the only thing that was, you know, wasn't there yet was the cognitive part. But um, that, you know, kind of quickly, you know, healed. But on the ninth, so as I'm about to leave the hospital on the 19th day, um, the, as I'm signing my papers, I told my mom that I saw an angel while I was in my coma. Uh-huh. I was with an angel. While you were and, in your coma? Yep. I was with an okay. angel and I was like, and I was like you know what, mom? And I was like, he, he kept me safe. And she was like, wow. whole, like, whoa, she was holy, you know, holy, <laughs> holy moly. Like what? Uh, she's like, well, we're going to talk about this more. So as you know, I will leaving the hospital on the 19th day. Um, and I, you know, get wheeled down. Like, you know, and I go to the transporter, you know, I'm like, look at him. Like we're maybe like a hundred feet from the, uh, the exit. I looked at him like, man, I'm getting, I'm, I'm walking out from here. So I take my bag. He goes, no, here's, we were supporting my, like, no, no, don't worry. I'm walking from here. So I get up, I walked out of the hospital on the 19th. Wow. Um, That's pretty incredible. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Just amazing. So I walked in the hospital. Then, um, I don't know if it's in the YouTube, but there is footage on like that day. I was throwing a football with my older brother on that day. On the 19th um, day? Yeah. Uh, throwing wow. a football. Um, and then we went back to East Stroudsburg to pick up. We actually went back to the house. We actually went back to my house to pick up some of my stuff. <laughs> right? right, went back to the room, went to the back to the scene. Uh, pick, you know, went to my room to pick up my stuff, and um, we headed back home to um, to heal. You know, uh, all I had to do was uh, outpatient cognitive therapy, which is uh, right. That could have been could have taken a really long time. Um, for my case. Uh, didn't really take that much of time but um the next day is kind of is kind of when we get into you know we learn more about um this mysterious uh this mysterious angel you know that's like which is my is what sets the story next to you know what makes it amazing um so the next day um 
we got home, my, my mom, we weren't really told what to do with me. You know, like, I don't think there's a, a, a hospital can prepare a family for an injury that injury that I sustained. Like how, like when you, right. especially when you heal as quickly as I do, I don't think they're, <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, well, this is what you can do for your son. I, I they, my parents didn't know what to do with me. I, I had no clue what was going on. Because I was just like, I was happy to get out of the hospital. So, but, um, they were, they tell that my parents like keep them active or have them walking and stuff like that. So we, we would go for, we went for a walk around my block and this, this walk is not like a, an hour long walk. It's like a, it should take 15 minutes, but, um, the community that I live in knew about my injury. So I guess like when they heard about how bad my injury was, it was in the village Herald and they had received the copy of this village Herald the week that I came home. So while I'm walking around my block and people like the area that we lived in knew who I was when they saw me, they couldn't believe that what they saw because wow. they just saw a, like a newspaper article. Like what the heck, like what this guy was in the hospital like two days ago looked like, you know, like they couldn't like go beyond themselves. So it was right. Like, he was, he was about to die two days ago and now he's walking. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's like this one guy, this, uh, one of my, my principal at my high school who, who I'm on poor, she's passed away since, mm. since I had a heart attack, but he's driving to his house or he's leaving his house to go to this high school sees me hear the brakes you know hear the hard break hear him go in reverse and he goes is that you kevin is that you wow Holy. he gets out hugs me and stuff it was it's really like uh everything about this injury is, is humbling for me but um wow i'm trying you know i'm trying to get around you know we're trying to get around this block and i'm trying to tell my <laughs> right. mom about it we're trying to and i'm at this point i'm telling my mom about um this angel and i'm just telling her like how how i met him um how it works so like what it, what it was like. So like when I, when I was in a coma, so when I was in a coma, it was like, basically I woke up in my coma. This is, this is going to sound really weird to people, but I, you would think like, being in a coma, like a dream world or something. I, I woke up like in my college house. Basically I was in right. my, I woke up in my college house. So like when I was in a coma, I woke up in my college house, bedroom, identically the same, nothing, no changes. You know, I woke up in my futon, Still had a messy closet, still had a TV with the Xbox and had my American flag, had my Ghana flag. Everything was, everything was the same. Uh, right. The difference was, um, the re- I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, a, I'm an early riser. So when I woke up and stuff like that from like wherever I'm in my coma world, um, I heard a loud noise in my house. So I, you know, went and in my town, like where I was living at that time, it wasn't like the safest of houses. So like, you could have, you know, me right now, I'm still thinking I'm in the real world, but I'm really not in the real world. I, right. Know, I come, you know, I go, all right, well, I got to check this out. It could be a robber, could be a college friend, could be a rodent. Who knows? It's a college house. Um, so I go, you know, I walk downstairs and that's when I see this, this young, young athletic guy. And, you know, I look at him and I say to him, who are you? And he simply just, you know, looked at me because I'm your new roommate. And right there on the side that's you know that's impossible i remember it's right like, at the back of my hand I'm like that's i can tell him that's that's not possible and that's no i have you know i have two roommates their names are joe and nick and he goes no like i'm your new room they're not with you right now i'm like all right, mm-hmm. all right and i a lot of people when they hear that part they go is that how you are are you just like a really calm person like if you see someone are you just gonna be like a friendly like you're not gonna like right. i'm like i was like with the crown ship in i don't know but uh, I'm pretty calm, so I was just like, 
now I guess that's how I react. I'm like, yeah, that's that's kind of like I'm just gonna be a nice person. Somebody wants to right. be a new roommate, and whatever, cool. So I, I go, okay, I'm like, who, you know, who are you? And he goes, I'm Giorgio. And I'm like, all right, Giorgio, you know, I'm Kevin. Nice to meet you. And I was like, <laughs> and that, you know, that was our, you know, that's how it started. And then right. the rest, you know, and right there, I was like, all right, this is, com- you know, comforting. But I had, I still had no clue what was going on. Like, I, you know, right. still, you know, still in this comatose world or, or dream world, I'll call it. Um, but it was, like, it was like, you know, I was in heaven. Um, but you know, from there on, you know, A, the things that we did together, um, People always ask me, do we pray together? I don't know. We may have. I just don't have like that that memory anymore. Right, um, right. Do you remember said, something, but not everything. Yeah. So I remember like a him and I were just creating like the perfect room. We were just per- creating like the perfect hangout room, like a room like we're all we all you know a bunch of my friends and all of us just hang out and just you know be together, like creating the perfect room. Uh, I would study. That that's like the one that's a real kicker for people to hear when I said he during my break time I was either studying or playing video games. Wow. But like the studying ones always always gets people because like I I was going to school, but like if you hear me say I'm going to study, it would be like, all right, you must be studying for like a <laughs> midterm or something, not like a te- like a test that's like a, a small test. So right. that, so that was really really funny. Like I always tell that like my my brother well, always had like he goes, yeah. He literally spoke about studying. Like he he said he had to go to school. Like while I was in the hospital, like while I was in the hospital, at one point I said, damn, I need to get back to school. I need to study. I do this. Right. right. And then um, the last, like the last, the one thing that's really like still like, as you know, I can still see it happening. Was there at a certain point since I was like where I was, like the world, there was no like day or night, so it's kind of like just a little endless day. Um, if you look out the window. You felt like you're a piece, you know. That couldn't really like explain like the colors, right. or you know, it was just like a, a, a piece, like a like a heaven, you know, it was like a piece of heaven. I it was very, you know, pretty awesome. But at a certain point, I was like, I gotta get out of this house. Like at a certain point, I was like, I can't. A person that likes to go out and run and or work right. out or anything like that, I need to leave this this place. So you know, at one at one moment, I tried to you know leave the house, and you know, I guess Georgia, you know, Georgia, you know, somehow, some way, saw me trying to sneak out of the house. And um, stopped me, and he's like, he just, you know, he stops me. And he goes, "You're not ready to leave yet." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm like, I'm ready to leave, right? <laughs> like, that's me." Like, and um, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm ready to get out of this place. And he goes, "I'll," he goes, "I'll let you know. I'll let you know when you're ready to leave." So wow. like, that's like the last, and like, that's pretty much what I was able to like, you know, around this block, you know, vent, you know, told I told my mom and my, and then. A lot, and then I get home. My older brother had just gone back from work, um, and my mom goes up to me and she goes, "I have a picture of somebody, right? I have a picture. Do you think this angel is the same thing, right?" And so it's like, "We'll find out right now. We're about to find out. Like, if this is the angel or this is like just some hearsay, you know? Like, no, he's not the person I saw." Right, and. My mom didn't make any hint or anything like that. She was, I have a picture I want to see if this is like the same thing you saw. And as she's upstairs, Dame, my older brother's downstairs, and he's just, you know, I'm telling him more and more about the angel and stuff. And she comes, you know, comes downstairs, and I, I, when I do my, uh, when I share my story with other people, there's like two versions. You got the PG version, the PG-13 version, and like, but my mom shows me the picture, and she, and I'm like, I just look at him, that's, that's, that's the dude. 
that's like I like kind of like, I didn't say friendly words about right, it. No, no, no problem. No, but I said not. that's the son. Of, I'm like that's the son of a god. I'm like that's the dude. Like that, I, I, that was the guy that was that was him. I'm like that's so him. that was like, a, he, the picture of Pierre Giorgio Frassati. That yeah, she had. from my uh, so she had that um she took home with her, and wow. my mom. It was kind of like mom. That guy wouldn't like. I'm like it's a love hate, you know, love love type of thing. But like the guy wouldn't. I'm like. It was like a brother, you know, brother connection. It was kind of like one of those things where like, this guy wouldn't let me leave the house. Of course I'm going to say this son of a gun. This is, this is a dude. You know, he kept me safe, right? Like, there are certain points we got into a little fight, you know, a little altercation. So it was, right. um, it was pretty, um, pretty amazing. Uh, but, you know, that was like the, a huge, you know, huge part. Um, you of know, course. Like we're, we're 20 days into the, it's about 20 days. So we're 20 days into being post-injury. You know, it's 20 days... And I'm, you know, talking about this angel, talking about Giorgio. And then I go to, you know, my inpatient therapy. I remember, like, on the first day of, like, my inpatient therapy, I kind of, like, told the doctor, like, like I, was a joke, I was already joking around, but I could already notice, like, on my first day, I was, like, miles ahead of people. Like, miles ahead of people that were, had suffered brain injuries, not even as severe as mine. Uh, even, I, ironically enough, my first day in inpatient therapy, a friend of mine who I played soccer with in high school, he sustained a severe, severe head injury about a month before me. And we were, we came, our first day was like, the, our, both our first days were the same day. And like, as we're riding the whole, like the um, elevator together, I look, you know, I, I look at him like, wow, I'm like, like I could tell where I was already, like healing wise. And he was still really, you know, you could tell like his, you know, this wasn't there. It was really, you know, it was an interesting time for me just seemed like you know all this everybody's struggling um but I, you know i got um i took a test like a, a test like about a month after i returned from the ho hospital at the inpatient therapy that basically just measures like where i was like you know how i feel like my brains you know the lobes and everything like that and the test you know takes about usually takes about three or four hours and i finished it off in you know about an, an hour and uh, this doctor who we were with, Dr. Nicoletti, was brilliant. Like when I took this test, she didn't really think that my, how badly I was hurt. She didn't realize, because like, I was performing so well in the classes, that she didn't really recognize. So when we come back for the results, you know, when I get my results like a month later in November, that was when she, was, she like goes to my mom like, hey, Mrs. Becker, I'm really, really, really sorry. Um, I didn't, she was, I underestimated, like I didn't realize how bad, how serious her son's injury was. Like she had, once she got the medical records and stuff, that that's when we learned that my brain shifted. Like was through her. Like we wow. had no clue of that whatsoever. We I don't think the house. I don't remember the hospital telling my parents my brain shifted. But when she told wow. my mom that, she was like, "Holy man!" Like she's like, "What? What's going on? What? What? This happened?" And then right. uh, and then and then be to be healed. It's in, in, yeah. impossible. Yeah, she's like this. She was, you're, um, she's looking at me. She was, you're unbelievable. Like, this is on, she was, she was, how do you think you've been, uh, and she looks at me. She was, how do you think you did on the test? And it's like, I don't, I, don't, I I've never said, I don't, I don't think I've ever, like, I've gotten a hundred before on tests. And you know, like when you get a hundred, like you have to take that test. You, I did, like, I did amazing on that test. Like you feel amazing. Like whenever I do good on something, I say, or I, I'm just going to say I did okay. Or I did, I did, you know, good. She was, so she was like, how do you think you did on this test? And I was like, okay. And like, and she just looks at me and she goes, you did amazing. She was, you, she was, you're the same person that you were before you got hurt. She was, there's no, there's no, no issues. She's like, you, she was, you're going, she was, you can go back to school in the spring. 
Wow. So we're talking August 26th. No. For a couple days, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm dead. Um, to November 11th, I'm being told I can go back to school. And Incredible. And later that, you know, later that year, you know, since, um, January, we go back to Lehigh Valley Hospital just to get a checkup, um, find out my skull is fully healed. So, so, you know, severely injured brain, healed, skull, you know, five fractures, healed, told in January that I can go back to playing recreational sports. So in, in the spring. No way. Of that, of uh, 2012, I'm playing lacrosse. That, <laughs> I'm oh, playing my that. goodness. I'm, I'm basically living life as like I was well, never hurt. Ever it was wow. like I never was hurt before, so I was playing, playing lacrosse. <laughs> that that like you know, <laughs> about wow. after the injury. So it's wow, wow, congratulations! <laughs> that's really good. So then, and then, um, eventually, uh, you know, I did. Eventually, I graduated, but right before I graduated, it's kind of like when um, word of my story caught the attention of a priest in in uh, New York. So for some you were saying, for some you USA already knew of my injury and my story but they had um at that the time when i got hurt um they had a they were already like focused on another miraculous feeling of a girl right. who had cancer and she was fully healed but a priest who in uh, long island father charles he had a huge devotion to george rosati and um he got he sort of you know um gave a homily about george rosati and a, a family that were like i'm you know my parents are family friends with and I guess he, he spoke about my story during his homily, went up to him and said, hey, we know this guy that you speak of. And then, um, you know, we built, that's when our, our, uh, our relationship started. Um, he builds a, you know, he constructs a statue of a George Rosati. Uh-huh. I give my, I give my first uh, testimony. Rosati shows up there, Christine, to just make sure that I don't say anything that would, def- you know, say it's not a true story. So it's like, if I were to give a testimony and say I met Pierre Giorgio in coma, like I said, I met Pierre Giorgio or something like that, she would say that's because he never like identified himself when he was alive as Pierre Giorgio or Pierre Giorgio. Uh huh. Uh huh. So Very good. So the fact, like that, way I gave it when I said Giorgio, she was like, right, "This story's got is legit." And, and um, right. right now, as for that part of my story, it's it's at the Vatican right now. It's being viewed. It's wow, so so they're considering in the Vatican whether your cure yeah. can be considered a miracle performed yep. by the inter- intercession of Pierre Giorgio yep. in order to use it for his uh, possible canonization. Yep, it would be the it would be the third. It would be it would get him it would give him the, the good the sainthood, even though he is right. a saint. But it would get him right, right, of course. It would get him there. So it's uh it's pretty cool. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, very good. Well, thank you very, very much for, for sharing all this. Now, I want to ask you one final question because you were in college. Sure. This happened in college and this yep. podcast is for college Catholics, college yep. students. I wonder what if there's any, now that all this happened and so forth, is there anything you would like to say to the young men and women that are listening to the, this podcast, a, you know, a spiritual thought or a recommendation for their lives and uh, something that you would like to say from your heart? Yeah, I'll... Um, I know right now it's an interesting time to be Catholic. I know we've gone through one, we're going through a very interesting time. Um, all I can say is God, you know, God loves you. Um, God's always looking down upon you. Jesus loves you. Believe it or not, um, I know we're going through 
the month of June, and, and uh, you know some people consider the it another month. Heart. But this is the Sacred Heart of Jesus month. Absolutely. So it, now, if you know if there's anything you need right now, I would definitely build a big, great relationship during the month of June to Jesus, and um, just know that you know my story is one in a million. But just remember, if God is able to do this for me, just imagine God, what God can do for you. So keep keep praying hard. Talk to God. And trust me, your relationship in the world will keep continue to open up for you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Kevin, well, thank you very, very much. Uh, we're all really blessed to have you and have such powerful witness told directly by you. Because one thing is to yeah. say, that, and I think in the previous uh, episode I shared a little bit, but now being yeah. told by you yourself, that's pretty good. I think that is just amazing. And I hope many people get to get the chance to hear this to, and continue to pray to the saints, particularly uh, Pier Giorgio, blessed Pier Giorgio. And I also hope that your uh, cure is, uh, you know, uh, approved as a true miracle and accepted nice. by the for the canonization of blessed Pier Giorgio. That would be a great gift. But, uh, you know, we leave that in the hands of God. Uh, yep, we know exactly. what you received is still a grace of God and through his intercession, exactly. regardless of whether it's approved or not. So, Right. Thank you very much again, no my friend. I will continue to keep you in my prayers. And well, you. you pray for me and for many, so many young people that will listen to your witness through this podcast. Um, if anyone has any question you'd like to ask me, please send me an email at info at fourcollegecatholics.org. Please remember to subscribe to your preferred uh, podcast platform so you don't any miss any future episodes. And if you want to support this podcast, please review it on Apple Podcasts. So may God bless you, everyone, and we'll see you next time. May God bless your day.